Well, hi there. This is Anne. I just wanted to jump in. Before we get started on this week's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. I'm going to be holding a live event. Well, live meaning by webinar, Zoom. So we'll call it a live Zoom event on Saturday, January 20th. And it's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's specifically for new litigation paralegals. And I'm going to give you a five step framework or plan guide, essentially, to help you in your first few years as a new litigation paralegal. So we're going to do it at 1 p.m. January 20th. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And so, yeah, I know it's kind of in the middle of the day, but I wanted to be able to hold it at a time where people on the West Coast could attend too and not have to attend the crack of dawn. So one o'clock Saturday, January 20th, casual event, jump on Zoom, and I'm going to give you that framework. And I'm going to put a link to where you can sign up right inside the show notes. All right, let's get started on this episode. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Well, hi there, and welcome to our eDiscovery Masterclass. My name is Ann Pearson, and I'm the founder and director of training here at the Paralegal Bootcamp. And I was a litigation paralegal just like you. So welcome. I feel so passionate about litigation paralegals learning about e-discovery because I've seen what it can do for a litigation paralegal's career. Now, I've also seen and heard instances where people will say, well, I don't do e-discovery or our firm doesn't do e-discovery. And I would challenge you and say, yes, you do e-discovery. You're probably just not doing it the most effective and efficient way. Because if you think about it like this, We all communicate electronically, every one of us, text messages, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Facebook. When was the last time you received a letter in the mail, handwritten letter from someone? It's special when you do receive it because you barely ever receive it. So when your attorneys are saying to you, hey, we got this PST file from the client. Can you load it and print it all out? I want to review that and highlight it in paper. That's still e-discovery. It's electronic information, electronic data that you're receiving and printing out. So I would challenge you to sit back, relax, keep your mind open during this presentation, and let me know if you have any questions afterwards. Now, this is pre-recorded. It's not a live presentation. We did have a live masterclass on this a couple of weeks ago, but I received so many requests for the recording that I decided I should jump on and do the recording. Because I also know if you didn't attend live and you're listening to a recorded version and you see the chat messages in there, and I'm talking to the audience of you know answering their questions live, it comes across as a little weird when you're listening to the recording saying, you know, what's she talking about? Anyways, so I'm pre-recording this for you. Now, One of the things that came about why I 
started the paralegal boot camp initially was because of this gap that I saw between paralegal students graduating and then needing to know how to do the job, what they were actually doing. And then, and so I started with the litigation boot camp, and that doesn't open till October. Not every October, it's this October, it's open. And then from there, I decided there's also this gap in e discovery knowledge. And that's when I developed the e discovery boot camp. And it's because the course is based on project management principles and it shows litigation paralegals how to be e discovery project managers, which is important because there's all kinds of technology training out there and the technology is going to be changing constantly. So, you know, I didn't make that available in the course. It's all about project management. And yes, I am going to talk about the e-discovery bootcamp towards the end of this masterclass, but this is not just me pitching the e-discovery bootcamp. What I want to show you or give you is three steps that you can take today, right now, that can help change the trajectory of your career. And I'm going to give you some stories of people who did just that which I think will be inspiring for you. Now, I want to start with what I would typically pull out if I was doing this live and I would pull out the easy button, the you know, the Staples easy button. And that's because back in I think it was 2014 or 2015, I was asked to be a part of this West Coast uh, e-discovery paralegal conference. And I believe maybe ASEDS was the host of it, I'm not quite sure. I think ASEDS was the host. And I was on a panel of three people. It was me, the um, legal recruiter out of New York City, a big legal recruiting firm that specializes in e-discovery and lit support type positions. And then there was the founder and CEO of a big startup company. Well, it's a small startup company. It's a big company now. And they did e-discovery. And one of the audience members of Paralegal asked us, and kind of asked more the the founder of that startup company, do you see the technology that you're creating and that other technology companies are creating? Do you see that eventually taking away paralegal jobs? And the answer was no, unless you're the button pusher. And what came about from that answer was a really good discussion, which was that you know, if you're the litigation paralegal who only gets to know the easy part of whatever it is that you're doing, you know, press the easy button. If you don't know how to use the technology to the fullest extent, if you're not being a project manager on your e-discovery cases, then maybe, yes, there is some technology that could take part of what you do. In other words, since then, that was 2014. Back then, AI and some of the predictive coding and things like that, it, that was still a little iffy for some attorneys. They just weren't as comfortable with that yet. Now, a lot of them are comfortable with it. And so that type of predictive coding, which is where the machine goes through and decides this is relevant, this isn't relevant, someone has to oversee that. Someone has to look and say, did the machine make the right choice? That could be you. That could be the e-discovery paralegal. Now, if you were the paralegal who's just checking the boxes, which is what the machine does now in AI, then yeah, you could be out of a job. And that's really what I want to focus on today. And what I, 
I have a mission, really. I want every paralegal, litigation or not, to focus on career security instead of just job security. I talk about it on my podcast show all the time. I teach it in my courses. What I want is for you to have career security, and that means gain skills that will advance your paralegal career, not just your job. So even if you're in a job right now, maybe you're in personal injury or family law or, I don't know, some other practice area, or you're in a really small firm that doesn't do e-discovery, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't learn it. Because what if someday that firm closes or it's bought out by a bigger firm? So many things can happen. And I can tell you from experience, you never know where your paralegal career is going to lead you. But I can tell you, if you don't continually add value to it, add skills like e-discovery skills, then it's not going to go as far as it could. And I promise you, career security should always be at the top of your mind, more so than job security, because that job of yours is owned by the law firm or the corporate legal department or the government agency. They own your job, but you own your paralegal career. All right, so let's jump in. Feel free to take notes. And then I've also got an Excel spreadsheet as a download that I'm either going to put here below Or if that's not possible, then I'll email it out to you after you've signed up for the masterclass. All right. Well, let's jump in, get started. Why every litigation paralegal should consider e-discovery a required skill. And I'm going to give you a three-step plan to get there. Imagine if you could be on a clear path as a litigation paralegal, making a lot more money and open up to more job opportunities and growth potential. You know, if you've listened to my podcast at all, we've had some litigation paralegals on there. We've interviewed some people and I've talked extensively about career security. We have a tendency sometimes to focus on what skills do I need to do my current job to be really good at it. We want to be really good at our job. But I want you to have career security so that it doesn't matter what happens to your current employer, doesn't matter what happens to the relationship that you have with your attorney, whether the attorneys leave the firm, maybe they go to a new firm and they don't always take the paralegal with them. Maybe they start their own firm and they can't afford to take you. Maybe there's a pandemic, there's layoffs. I want you to think about everything that you do in terms of how is this going to help my career be more secure? no matter what happens to this job. I'm sure somebody said this before me, but they say that your job is owned by your employer. In your case, if you're working for a law firm, your job is owned by your law firm, but you own your career. Let's first make sure we're in the right place. You are, if you're a litigation paralegal who has done some e-discovery work, but you feel like it's just too much to learn to dive deep in. Maybe because you have a litigation support department and they do a majority of it. Or maybe you have no idea what the big deal is. And maybe you don't think that it applies to you. Now, this masterclass might not be for you if you really have no interest in working in anything except paper and you prefer working with that attorney who says, hey, print out those PST files in paper and let me tag and highlight them. Or maybe you're comfortable with the status quo and you just want a paycheck. 
which is okay because there are some phases in our life where we don't want career growth. We want to be able to just have it easy, go home. Maybe we're in the middle of raising a bunch of kids. Maybe we're taking care of an elderly parent. We've got other stuff going on and that's okay. Maybe it's not right for you right now, but always go back to that career security thing. What am I doing to ensure that my career is secure regardless of this job? So I have a question for you. Do any of these sound familiar? My attorney just wants everything printed out to review and highlight on paper. They're old-fashioned. They don't care if it came in electronically or not. They want to see it, feel it, and touch it. Or maybe the cases that you work on don't involve e-discovery. Or your litigation support person does the e-discovery for you. I'm going to circle back to that career security again. I know, especially when you're busy as a litigation paralegal, it would be easy to say, you know what, let them handle it. I've got enough on my plate. But what happens then is you slip further and further away from having that hands-on experience and being able to move into those roles that are going to be available for you if you keep up with e-discovery. I literally just had a telephone conversation this week with a paralegal who worked for a big firm in litigation, really great litigation paralegal. And she was at a big firm that had a litigation support department. So she didn't have to have much hands-on experience in e-discovery. She got to go to trial and do all the things she loved to do. Well, fast forward, she's laid off during the pandemic and goes to another firm, smaller firm. And this firm expected her to know how to handle these e-discovery cases, how to be an e-discovery project manager. And unfortunately, 90 days in, they let her go. So her call with me was struggling to figure out, should I take your e-discovery boot camp? Should I stay in this role? You know, She'd gone now into a completely different role because she understood she didn't have the e-discovery experience that these other law firms were asking her for. I always say that you have to be careful, especially in the bigger firms. If you're in a small and mid-sized firm, this usually isn't quite of an issue. But if you're in a big firm, you have to be careful that they're not pigeonholing you into one specific type of duty or thing that you're doing, and then you don't get exposure to anything else. I'll give you an example. There are some firms where there's a trial department where all the paralegals do in that department is they go to trial and they're very good at what they do, but they don't ever prepare for depositions or draft discovery requests or help with motions for summary judgment. And so they don't have that well-rounded base of skills. And so try not to get pigeonholed into one specific area. So back to e-discovery. So in other words, You're learning by trial and error, hoping that your mistakes don't cost you to lose your job. You wonder sometimes if you're cut out for it, especially when you're trying to manage these e-discovery projects and you feel like you're in over your head, but you also don't want to bother people by asking too many questions. I want to start with this quick story. Litigation paralegal who I've worked with, and now it's been 12 years that I've been in business. So this wasn't right away that she began making $200,000 a year. And yes, it was a big city, big firm. Is it always going to be possible? No, it's not always going to be possible. But if all you are is a litigation paralegal who's really good at trial, but you don't know e-discovery, it's probably not going to be possible. 
potentially possible? Yes, with e-discovery. Without e-discovery, probably not. I don't know that many litigation paralegals making $200,000 a year who don't have a high level of e-discovery experience. And then I just told you the story about the litigation paralegal who now regrets it because now she's a few years beyond that and she's gone from position to position trying to figure out where she fits in anymore in the litigation world. Take a look at some of the job requirements out there. They're all requiring e-discovery skills. It used to be a preferred skill. Now it's a required skill. And which one of these would you choose? According to ZipRecruiter, the average salary for an e-discovery paralegal is $74,513. Compare that to the average salary for a litigation paralegal. Now, and these are based on titles. And here's the key. This is why I love what eDiscovery has done for the paralegal profession. All of the salary surveys out there that employers base what they can pay paralegals on are based on titles. Like, for example, I know this is kind of blurry, but this is from the um, Bureau of Labor Statistics. They say the average salary is 56230 So that's what ZipRecruiter says. But you know what? The Bureau of Labor Statistics, they don't have a title for e-discovery paralegal. It's a whole new title. So it's kind of hard to compare the two. And take a look at these positions. Now, these were for litigation director roles. And I'm going to show you the difference, you know, what paths you can take in this three-step plan that we come up with for you. But Take a look at the averages here. And yeah, some of these are in big cities, but some of them are not in big cities. You can see the one down towards the bottom, you know, for the state of Tennessee, a litigation director. And then take a look at just one of thousands of jobs that you search for when they're looking for a litigation paralegal. In almost every single one of them, unless it's for a solo practitioner firm, and even then, I want to warn you, you got to be careful because even then, those attorneys, if they're only going to hire one paralegal, they're going to want one who's going to be able to help them with e-discovery. They don't want to have to do that themselves. Just go take a look. That'll be your assignment or actionable strategy from this masterclass is go do a search for litigation paralegal and look at all the job descriptions in your area and count how many of them have e-discovery as a required skill. I'm doing this free masterclass today because my goal for you, for every paralegal, but my goal for you as a litigation paralegal today is to break through every possible ceiling that has ever been set for litigation paralegals. Now is the opportunity to say, I'm going to be at the top of my game and I'm going to set the new bar for what it looks like to be a litigation paralegal. So let's start with our three-step path to success. First, we're going to choose a path, then we're going to make a plan, and then we're going to get the training. And so that's what we are going to talk about today. And I really want you to walk away from this masterclass with a plan. And in order to make the plan, though, our first step is going to be to choose a path. What do I mean by that? I think it's important that you think about what kind of attributes you have. What do you like to do? What interests you the most? Because from an e-discovery paralegal perspective, there are actually several different paths or routes that you can take depending on what you really like to do. So there's the tech side, which would naturally lead you to some type of litigation support position, maybe managing the litigation support department. 
Maybe also, if you've listened to the podcast episode, I recently did an interview. Actually, I don't know if the podcast episode is out yet, but it was an interview of someone who was a litigation paralegal, then was e-discovery paralegal, liked the tech side, and then moved into litigation support at that same firm, and now is working for a vendor as a solutions consultant. And so that was taking the tech side. Then maybe you want the case side. You want to stay more involved in the cases because when you take the tech side, you kind of get removed from the day-to-day case management. Now, maybe that's something you want to do because maybe you find the day-to-day case management kind of mundane. Or on the complete opposite spectrum, maybe you have the type of personality where you like to meet people, you're outgoing, and you could move into sales. Now, before you completely dismiss that, let me tell you, I know several, not just one, two, three, four, I know several salespeople who work for some form or another of an e-discovery software or technology company, and they make anywhere between three hundred dollars to $500,000 a year. Are they good at their job? Yeah, they're really good at their job. But it's completely outside being a paralegal. But your paralegal experience, given with some e-discovery experience, could lead you to be a really good salesperson, especially for companies whose major client focus is trying to get law firms to buy their software. And along those lines, I know some of those people who went from sales and then moved into where literally they are on the board. They're maybe the vice president of business development or the vice president of marketing. So as much as you think, well, I need to be a litigation paralegal who knows e-discovery, you could, and you could stay there. But if you like the case management and you want to stay at a law firm, then maybe you choose the case case and project management path. And the reason why I want you to choose a path is because next I'm going to ask you to make a plan. This masterclass isn't about just Here's how important it is to learn e-discovery. I want you to have a plan. And so take a moment and maybe even pause this video for a minute and just think about it. Leave this slide on the screen and think, what are my attributes? What do I like to do most? Where do I see myself in five or 10 years? And then after you give yourself a chance to write out maybe some pros and cons, then press the button and we'll move on to step number two. All right, step number two is to make a plan. We have got to have a plan. So you've chosen your path. Maybe you know, you've taken the notebook out, you write down, okay, this is what it's going to be. Step one, I've decided I'm taking the case slash project management path. I want to stay involved in the cases. I like working for the law firm or the in-house corporate legal department. Here's what I call a career development plan. And I've put together a template that you're free to have that, you know, you could change this out depending on what it is that you want. But you'll notice I put the e-discovery project management path. Like I want to stay in case management. Okay, well, what career development opportunity is out there that will give me project management experience? You could choose any course. I don't care which one you choose, which path you choose, which course you choose how you choose to get there. I just want you to have a plan and I want you to choose and get started on it. 
So then you'd say, all right, well, how am I going to get that training or that information? How much time is going to be needed? When am I committing to start it? What's the cost? Can I get reimbursed for it? Now, and before you say, oh, no, I'm, I won't get reimbursed. My firm won't do that. I can tell you of dozens of situations where people reach out to me after they've put their own credit card down for a course, and they reach out to me and ask for a copy of the receipt because once they've shown the attorney or their manager what they learned in the course, they offer to reimburse them. And the other thing, I'm going to jump ahead one screen and then I'll come back to this. If you don't ask, the answer will always be no. You might be assuming that they won't pay for something and they just don't know that you're taking it. The worst that can happen is they say, no, it's not in our budget right now. Okay. That doesn't mean you don't ask in the future either because maybe it's in the budget next year. So remember, if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. Okay. So then the next part of our plan is what kind of software or technical training do I need to get? And I've listed out four of them here, but you only need to pick one to start. Pick the one that your firm uses now or that you've heard through the grapevine that they're going to be using. Then go for one additional software training. Then choose your next level certifications and choose two of them. So maybe it's going to be Relativity, Disco, uh, Reveal, Brainspace, Logical. Maybe it's the ACEDS certification. But let's say first, we're just going to get that next level certification, which is being certified through one of the software companies. So you take their free training online. Let's, let's use Relativity and Logical as an example. They all have free training on their website. You can take all of their training for free. Then you can sign up to take their certification, which is anywhere between $200 and $300, not super expensive. And then you've got two certifications in the software. Then step four might be to decide if you're going to get certified through ACEDS or some other national or international place. All right, then you've got to get the training one way or another, whether it's free, whether it's you know through the paralegal boot camp or some other place out there, you have to get the training. Remember, step one, choose a path. Step two, make a plan, a written plan. And step three, get the training. It's up to you which path you choose, how you want to make that written plan, and where you're going to get the training. But if you follow these three steps, you will move from a litigation paralegal to an e-discovery paralegal, and then you get to choose which path you want to take. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Bye for now. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.